live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Tuesday morning. Question mark? Yeah, it's a Tuesday morning, December 21st. Put a question mark on my script. It's Tuesday morning. It is December 21st. It Mark, is, I told you, he'll read whatever's on the teleprompter. It is 18 <laughs> degrees outside. Did you open the wrong one? <laughs> and and Mark Vale is people's sexiest man alive for 2021. What is going on here? There we go. At least for the city. Oh. Uh, really? The Valians came out Somebody for got into my script again. You guys, I ask you to write me a three-hour script without any, you know jokes, any funny stuff, and I just want my three hours of scripted radio to be in front of me and ready to go. And uh, you guys just have these hijinks. It's very sad. Left world order. I don't know. What what is happening this morning? What is happening? All I I know is that the Monday (laughs) show sheet uh, you still have copy points from 2018 at the bottom of it. Hey, look. You haven't cleaned it up yet. Look, wait, just in wait, case. What? Just in case my uh, friends from a certain garage door company want to hire me again, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do. Those are there. Uh, all right. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Welcome. To the shortest day of daylight. That's like 10 pages the, of copy points. The, That's not just like one page. Listen, there's a lot to say about garage doors. Uh, welcome to the shortest day of daylight for the year. This, ladies and gentlemen, is your winter solstice. Now, there, Nine, 9.59 a.m. is officially... 9.59 is when it happens, when yes, whatever that's when the lunar-wise happens no, that makes this... No, solar-wise. Solar-wise, The sun, the sun hits its southernmost point. The sun hits its southern This point. isn't the one that goes through Stonehenge, right? Where, where it lines up? Is that the no, summer solstice? That's the summer. Okay. That's not as fun. Did you see the moon last night, by the yes. way? Well, I what saw it, it this morning. Oh, I saw it. I didn't see it this morning, but I was driving the wrong direction, maybe. But last night, it was... Big and it looked like one of those uh, harvest moons or whatever you call it. I don't know. Maybe there's another name. Well, yeah, because you, you had to get your apple picking in. <laughs> it's time. Quick. Well, the moon tells me it's time to hit the fields. <laughs> Wait, what's happened? <laughs> Actually, maybe it would have been okay this year. I don't know. I don't know. You realize that six months from now we will have gained in as far as daylight between today and June. 21st, which is the summer solstice, mm-hmm. we gained five hours and 52 minutes of sunshine, sunlight. That's crazy. That's a five lot. Hours. That's a lot of vitamin D. Five hours, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the optimistic way to look at this whole thing, is like every day from now going forward, you're adding you're adding sunlight onto your day. Yeah, but it'll still be another four months before we're <laughs> either driving home in the dark or driving to work uh, in the dark. That's true. That's true. And I, I do see, by the way, we're finally maybe starting to inch towards some colder temperatures, but probably not really until 2022. Uh, they've got the 30th as far out as my extendo forecast goes, and on the 30th they have a high of 30. So, well, right now the wind uh, chill is five, so it's kind of chilly this yeah. morning. Yeah, let me check be, my. It's gonna be sunny and 46 later. Oh, I just got alert for. Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. They've got a winter weather advice. Why do you have alerts set for Alaska on your I phone? I don't. 
I don't think, but it <laughs> pops up anyway. Wait, is, is that for when you're on your Hawaii station? <laughs> <laughs> Which is right next to Alaska. Yeah. Um, my phone never knows. Oh, this is a weird gripe here, and I know it's not what chapter had Wednesday, but I'm gonna be not going to be yeah, here Yeah, you're going to be gone. This is your last show of 2021. Uh, no, I'll be here the whole week in between. This is our last show our, together of to, 2021. Ours together, yeah. yeah. You're... You're, I'm here when you're gone. Man, but. All, it's all confusing. My phone thinks like I'll Google. I'll Google to you know look into to buy something. Um, you know, um, let's say I'm looking for whatever of uh, uh, and and uh, earpods or something, AirPods, and I'll Google it, and it'll come. All the stores will come up where you're, and it always thinks I'm in some random. It'll be like, well, here's what's close to Amarillo. Or and it's always a different one, and then I've got to give it my location. I guess I just wish my phone would track me better. I wish it had a. Be- <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're in technology in 2021 where these phones should know, you know, not only where I am but what I'm thinking before I do it. Let's go, let's go, big tech. I mean, come on, quick. Well, this latest update of the iOS, the the operating system for iPhones and iPads. Got a lot of security things in it, and boy, they can really mess with apps. Oh, well, maybe that's what it is. I did an app update the other day on my phone, and there were 63 that needed to be updated. Oh. Okay. So update your apps. Do I have 63 apps on my phone? Uh, I do. I probably do. Oh, man, I don't want to know how many. I kind of want to count now. Curious. I counted yesterday. Well, let's see. If you go, you can do the math pretty easily. It's uh, six tall and four long. So that's twenty-four per screen. If you have it completely filled up, at least on my phone. But you don't put them into little folders. Uh, some of them I do. It's kind of wildly disorganized. And then I did some of the uh, some of the widgets too. Now, like there's a big podcast widget that I have over there, and yeah, yeah. But if I keep flipping pages over, I've got one where there's just one app. Yeah. I bet I have 60. I bet I have 60. Now I'm really curious. What's the over-under? I'm going to have to count that during the break, aren't I? I? I'm going to count mine out (laughs) during the break as well. Hey, uh, just broke uh, here a few minutes ago. Biden's giving a big speech today on uh, Omicron, and they are going to be the the big sort of the big takeaway from it, or one of the big takeaways, I guess you should say, is they are going to make 500 million at-home COVID tests available for free. He is uh, going to have a website. They're going to put up a website. He's not going to have a website. There will be a, a website for people to submit their requests without specifying yet. They haven't specified yet how many tests each household can receive or how quickly this can happen. Federal government also setting up 20,000 new testing sites nationwide uh, at this point. And so, yes, this could be this is, might be one of the early features of 2022. If you want an at-home test mailed to you. You can get it. And if you want that test, go to Joe323322. <laughs> oh, wait, that was him trying to say where to text to support his campaign. Anybody bought a uh, rapid test before? No, I, I don't even them. know. I've, I've seen, seen them in the wall. I haven't looked. I keep meaning to look at how much that they cost, but one of the things that they're they're talking about along with this is that the US for some reason hasn't been able to make these tests as affordable as other countries it's, this this uh I have an article from NBC up here it says a pack of two tests can cost US consumers more than 20 bucks where in other countries rapid tests sell for as little as $1 but isn't that so, normal for for the United States healthcare system where in other countries something's like a dollar in here it's like 28 
Um, with, with some things at this point. Plus, uh, directing a 1,000 members of the military to help hospitals shore up their staffing and deploying FEMA to set up overflow operations for hospitals that are capacity. The Department of Defense is going to start deploying personnel to hospitals starting next month with eight states setting hospitalization records Sunday, uh, including Ohio and uh, Wisconsin, sort of nearby us. I don't need those tests, though. I got boosted yesterday. Oh, you just got boosted now? I just got boosted. Oh, how how are you feeling? Um, I'll tell you what, I slept really well. Which one did you get, by the way? No idea. What do you mean, no idea? I just said, put it in me. Should be on your card. Where's your card? Where did you go to get this done? I don't know where my card is. Did you just go to someone's house? Yeah, I saw it on a Facebook group. (laughs) They said free jabs. And I said, all right. I would. Okay. All right. Well, I, I had Moderna for my second one, and the next day I was sleepy well you remember my i was fiance works at a, at a medical place so i, I went there so okay. i think it's on the up and up okay that's good i would hope so <laughs> <sighs> mark's in there he's like what in the hell is happening i'm just telling you you're going to be sleepy today if it's anything like my experience with it Very well here's the thing sleepy. you and i both got the the j and j and our experiences were wildly different like you were just fine and i had a rash all over my body yep. That's just toughness is what that is. East Lincoln strong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, East Lincoln is naturally immune to the effects of vaccinations. Uh, What else do we have going on this morning, Mark? Well, the governor and Dr. Gary Antona held a news conference yesterday, really uh, touting uh, treatments, including uh, monoclonal antibodies uh, and how they're not necessarily being used and utilized by some doctors. The uh, governor was pretty uh, pretty straightforward on what he thought about that. Uh, also. Why aren't they being used by doctors? Well, do you want to hear him and, uh, what he had to say? Uh, I, I mean, I, get, I just don't, if, the, if it works, the doctors just don't understand. Is that what the problem is? Well, yeah, know. Dr. Antone answered it, said maybe they're too busy. Uh, maybe they think it's a long process. They don't have time. He just wasn't sure, but they've. They've got the antibody, uh, I think they've got like 86 or, they've got a bunch of sites now around the state, and they're doing about 1,400 antibody treatments a week in the state. Okay. So I just, are the, uh, it's just, it just seems odd to me that the, the doctors who are practicing and who have been doing dealing with this for two years could need, like, don't know enough that they need, that yeah. they need people in government to tell them. How to, well, the governor how to said, properly do it. The governor said this. if you have symptoms and, and uh, your doctor is reluctant or just won't write you the script for it, he said, get a different doctor. Get a new doctor. What the heck? Call the COVID hotline. Okay. They, they'd get you taken care of. All right. All right. I mean, it was <laughs> not something that I expected. So. No, I didn't. Uh, no, I didn't either. Okay. And, and, of course, we've got the news conference at 3.30 this afternoon. Oh, uh, yeah. Directed health measure. Oh, oh by the way, oh, wait. those feel like those come up very quickly. Yeah, where it's like, oh, you're you're reaching kind of the end of the directed health measure. That all of a sudden, oh man, it's it's happening. Yep. It's right and here. I, I I've got to uh, admit that I made a mistake. Um, Whoa! Yesterday in teasing what was ahead today, oh, I had yeah. said the mayor was going to be on with me today. They had in fact contacted me last week, and I had missed it, uh, and they had a conflict. So it was uh, on the public schedule that came out Friday. Well, they they contacted me at, on Friday that uh, that they weren't going to be able to do it, which you know what? 
Which means you know what? I which mean, means something better came up after they. No, up you know. Schedule. In all honesty, let me be brutally honest with you. You didn't want to do this one. <laughs> I could well, remember last time. Yeah. Remember last time? The, 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 why don't you ask about Florida? I mean, uh, the, the, it's. Oops, sorry, I slammed my hands on the thing. It's a no. I mean, stay in radio. <laughs> It's just a no-win. It's a no-win situation. And then, but you also then, got the people complimenting you immediately yeah, after it. But then the other thing is, all the news is going to be broken this afternoon. It's like, I mean, they're going to do all the stuff. They're going to make all the announcements this afternoon. Can't talk about them this morning. So it's like, what do I do? Fish around and try and try and find out what they're going to say this afternoon, which they won't tell me. I'll just get her. I should say she. I'll, I'll just get her to come on the show tomorrow. That's fine. You can. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, listen, my last day, I am more than happy. You, you know, that gives us time to do Top 5 Tuesday instead, Ooh. which, if if I'm being honest, Top five way vaccines. more excited to do. Top 5 vaccines no, you've got no, we are do- No, I am very excited about Top MMR. 5 Tuesday. Top- <laughs> I'm a big... What? I'm a big... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> The measles, you're, you're mumps, uh, measles, rubella. rubella. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the whooping cough. Uh, hey, I am very excited for Top 5 Tuesday because here's what we're going to do. The top five most memorable, uh, it doesn't have to be childhood, but I would think it would normally be childhood, childhood Christmas gifts that you that you received, right? And I think this will be interesting with the eras that everyone recalls getting because I've got some I have got some amazing straight out of nineteen eighties Christmas gifts that I remember that I'm very excited to talk I got about. Some what was it in the fifties? Yeah. <laughs> an erector set? I did not ever get an erector set. No, but I got Lincoln Logs one year. You got Lincoln Logs? Dude, I one of my friends had Lincoln Logs when I was growing up and I thought those were so much fun. My my grandma and grandpa always had an old, like the original, the OG little barrel of Lincoln Logs. I can still smell that thing yes. almost. That, that. Uh, and it always every time we went there and I would play with them and and build the little uh, you know, build the log cabin and do the roofing and everything. But like half of the little green roofing things were broken in half or taped back together uh, or something like that. You said but, barrel. Did you ever have the barrel of monkeys? No, but I remember those. I, so, I, I played with those at my grandparents' house because they were still in a closet from when my dad and uncle were kids. Barrel, what did you even do with those? They just hooked together? Yeah, you, you just pull hooked them together out? and you just like saw that, that how, does, that doesn't how much sound you can hang fun at all. Well, you clearly never lived. I got I got I got uh, one one year. I don't know if this will be on my top five, but I got something called Constructs C O N S T R U X. It was like a competitor Lego that lost that battle, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was they were awesome. They were fantastic. Surprised I didn't become an engineer after doing that in the Lincoln Logs. All I know is that if you get Legos or um, yeah, if you get any Legos in the house, do not go barefoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's exactly right. All right, so we'll uh, do that at 810. You can text our you know, some memories. Of your fa- If you can't get up to five, that's fine. But if you just have a, uh, one or two that you want to remember and text us in, you can do that throughout the show today. Uh, also, Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska, John Baylor as well. Stick around. Tuesday morning show coming up on KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, one last big hit of Diet Mountain Dew before we. Uh, you are hammering that. Get going. That was me. I, I'm sorry. I hit my mic. This okay, time. that's your fault. Yes. You can tell that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this being our last show together for 2021. There's a little bit of energy. There's a little in here. bit. Of, I would call attention. 
I would call it uh, tension. Just kind of maybe, you know, but we'll get back together on whenever it is. Energy um, has more positive vibes than say I want it to be more negative. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Goodbye, 2021. <laughs> uh, are you ready for the sound off? Uh, are you Are you no, Better question. Are you ready for the big speech today by POTUS? POTUS is giving the big Omicron speech. Omicron, Omicron. Omicron, Omicron, and Omicron, Omicron. We already said one of the big parts of it is they're sending out, what is it, 500 million? 500 million. I, I talked into my phone and, and tests, sent a reminder. Tests. You going to get one of these? Do you get, do, do, who, I mean, that's the question is like, who, do you just get one to have on hand? And when do you take it? Because so many of these Omicron cases are people who are have very, either very little symptoms um, or, you know, just think that, I mean, who knows? Maybe sitting here with it right now. I don't, I don't know. And so when does it get used exactly? And, and well, I want to go through these clips and then I'll hopefully lay out what, I, what I think is, you know, the, the class half full look at, uh-huh. at what's happening right now, which I think there is, it's, it's, Potentially there, but anyway, uh, the speech coming today. What's he? Uh, what's he going to say? The CDC says the Omicron variant is now the most dominant strain in the country, accounting for seventy-three percent of new cases, with the first death reported out of Houston. Hence, the president's speech this afternoon about how the administration is handling it. Biden took to Twitter to preview his remarks, saying, "We are working around the clock to increase testing capacity, vaccine availability, and support for our hospitals." I'll have more to say on this tomorrow. In the meantime, get vaccinated. Get boosted, wear a mask, and keep the faith. We'll get through this together. Now, the speech is expected to build on his winter plan and address access to boost to testing, booster shots, no lockdowns, key point there, mask mandates, and risk to the unvaccinated. All right, so uh, we know now that some of this is coming out here this morning. Uh, like I had said, they are going to be giving, sending out for people who request them. Uh, up to 500 million testing kits, a website where you will submit your request. Uh, no word yet on what the limit is per household or how that works exactly, but uh, we'll know a little bit more about that today. Thousand members of the military to help hospitals shore up staffing and deploying FEMA, set up overflow operations for hospitals that are at capacity. Defense Department is going to be deploying doctors, nurses, and medics to hospitals in need starting next month. And so uh, those are some of the things we now know that will be said today. Of course, there'll be more detail flushed out. And, uh, and, and yeah, you do have uh, cases right now that are going up in the United States. Not surprisingly, once you, uh, once you knew this, yeah, this variant was going to be here and it was more transmissible. The Omicron variant has been confirmed in at least 46 states. Federal health officials say it is the most rapidly spreading uh, variant of the coronavirus that they've had to deal with during the entire pandemic so far, but they do have tools to fight it. Los Angeles called off its New Year's Eve celebrations and Rhode Island will reimpose an indoor mask mandate. Broadway musicals have Hamilton and Aladdin announced the cancellation of all performances through Christmas due to breakthrough infections. The NFL has postponed several games after 100 players, many of them fully vaccinated, tested positive over the course of three days. Now, I, I don't know if you guys have ever read any of these articles. You know, there'll be there have been times during the pandemic when I'd be like, please, let's end this. And, you know, you'll Google, like, what does it look like when the pandemic ends? And there'll be these these stories and, and these experts who have written and said what it looks like. And one of the scenarios that was always discussed when when you read about those and how 
pandemics in the past have sort of waned after a while is that there's a variation of it Mm -hmm. that is more transmissible but less serious in terms of um, the the health problems that go along with it. And then that overrides previous variants and you've got, you know, you get, you have a lot of people who end up getting it and it starts to wane the process. Now it's still early enough in, in Omicron that you have, you've got people worried, not surprisingly that, um, you know, that if so many people get this, it's going to really put hospital capacity under strain and it's, it's going to be those sorts of things. But if you look at the numbers from South Africa right now, their cases skyrocketed, Yeah, but, but the hospitalizations and the deaths were pretty flat from where they had been in the previous months. So, again, you know, it's not necessarily comparing apples to apples here to there, and, and it's still early in that. But that's potentially, potentially, at least I'm hoping, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that's what this might be. Um, and, and if that's the case, you've got to, I mean, you got to do, you got to make sure the hospitals can still function, right? I mean, it's a dark, it's kind of a dark thing to say, but... Um, if you're going to have that level of infection, and, and you can see it again, all you need to do is look at the cases that have been confirmed to places where they're testing frequently now, mm-hmm. and probably the most the most obvious in, in most of our lives of that is what's happening with sports leagues right now. Mm-hmm. They're testing them regularly. They hadn't had a ton of problems. They were here and there problems, but they hadn't had a ton of problems, but now all of a sudden... Boom! College basketball game shut down all over. Husker the place. wrestling canceled their Husker duel this wrestling last Saturday. Canceled their duel. NFL games. There's two NFL games <laughs> tonight, be- tonight yeah. on Tuesday night. NHL is putting their season on pause. Um, yeah, the NBA. They've changed their rules for contracts. So, I mean, the, the, you're going through it right now in this country. Uh-huh. And I suspect if you had all of you know all of us in Lincoln testing daily, you would. You would kind of see some of these same things. So, right. well, we said we said that a year ago. The the more you test, the more you'll find. Right, obviously. Um, but if if the choice is whether it's more or less infectious, if it's less deadly, right? Like I think we're taking that option. Right. The, right? I think. I, I mean, I think there is a scenario out there where this thing really starts to wane with a more infectious, less less strong, less symptomatic, um, less deadly in the end version of of a thing so uh, again kind of a glass half full it's you you know i'm not going to sit here and tell you i know exactly what's happening right there but i do know that this is one of the one of the scenarios that was that was pretty extensively discussed uh cheer trump with uh, o'reilly yesterday trump was uh doing an event with o'reilly he got some of his his supporters a little a little upset with him when he uh some of them at least not all of them some of them here um Let's uh, let's check this out. Take a listen to what he said about vaccines. But look, we did something that was historic. We saved tens of millions of lives worldwide. We together, all of us, not me, we. We got a vaccine done, three vaccines done, and tremendous therapeutics like Regeneron and other things that have saved a lot of lives. We got a vaccine done. In less than nine months, it was supposed to take from five to 12 years. Because of that vaccine, because of that vaccine, millions and millions of people, I think this would have been the Spanish flu of 1917, where up to 100 million people died. This was going to ravage the country far beyond what it is right now. 
Take credit for it. Take credit for it. It's a great, what we've done is historic. Don't let them take it away. Don't take it away from ourselves. You're playing that, you're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates, but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. Okay, so the president made news. You agree with that? Right? Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it, too. Okay, so... Wow! <laughs> hey, I'll, listen, I'll give kudos when they're due. I will give kudos when they're due. I, I mean, step out and say that when he's going to get a little bit of a blowback. Um, uh, I mean, it's, uh, and, and he did get... He, he has been getting some blowback for that. Well, and but, you, you could hear a little bit right before yeah, the, the, right. the clip cut off, but yeah. um, that, as, the, uh, as the president was saying, it's... Take, take credit for it. It was, it was while he was in office that it all got started, and um, they were looking at the numbers on how bad things could could have been. Right. Um, obviously, things haven't been perfect over the last uh, now two years. Right. But things could have been much worse, and he he's really touting what the vaccine. Well, has done. That, that, that's always the crazy thing about this. You know, is that it, under his administration, they did get. I mean, the Project Warp Speed thing. It. Yeah. I mean it. It was a it was a success. It was it was pretty impressive, and um, and then to to kind of go back and and have have real doubts about it is it's it works against one of his accomplishments. So I understand why he's saying it, but I'm glad I'm glad that he's saying it at the same time. So anyway, uh, all right, that's enough COVID stuff, right? How about this? Anybody uh, getting on a plane here in the next few days, going somewhere for the holidays? Well, you're not going to be alone. The lines began forming early, well before dawn, as a busy Monday was made busier with the added holiday rush. The TSA says they've screened more than 21 million passengers over Thanksgiving, and Christmas is expected to keep up that same pace. Screenings nationwide are averaging about 2 million per day. And while you're checking Christmas lists, make sure you check the TSA's list of items that you can bring inside carry-on and checked baggage. Even something as simple as a bottle of water or eggnog can slow you down at security. At Newark International Airport, Will Nunley, Fox Weather. If you're bringing a bottle of eggnog onto the plane, you might have a problem. (laughs) Sorry, sir, you can't take this on the plane. Well, I'm going to finish it here. (laughs) Chug that thick, (laughs) thick eggnog. And don't get me wrong, I I can do eggnog. I like eggnog, but uh, yeah, <laughs> just only, it. but uh, but not not too many times a year though. It's kind of a it's kind of a Christmas Eve thing mainly for uh-huh. me. Uh, yeah. All right, what else do we have uh, going on here today? Um, shortest day of the year, winter solstice. It's officially here. Coming up officially in a couple of hours, but uh, yeah, we're uh, we're getting longer sunlight days of sunlight after today. Today's the winter solstice, meaning that in the northern hemisphere, it is the day with the least daylight hours, the most dark hours, and the point in time where the days start to grow longer. The day inspired a number of ancient myths about life cycles and rebirths. Stonehenge in England strangely aligns with the sun's path on the solstice, but it's also the day. The pilgrims arrived at what is now Plymouth, Massachusetts, though due to a calendar mistake, the town observes it on the 22nd. Meanwhile, the Southern Hemisphere gets their longest day of the year. Evan Brown, Fox News. All right. So you were right about Stonehenge, by the way. Yeah. Congrats. Um, 
This is a fascinating that, That's a big win for me. Do they still print? I don't know. I never see the print newspaper anymore. Do they still print the horoscopes, the daily horoscopes in the newspaper? Wow, that's such a good question. I, I don't know if they do or not, but this new study out indicates that people make some pretty big decisions still based on their horoscopes. Nearly one in five Americans admit they've made money decisions based on horoscopes. That's according to a survey by LendingTree.com, which also looked at credit reports to see how people managed money based on their astrological signs. 30% of millennials, roughly 25 to 40 years old, have made horoscope-based money decisions. This tops Gen Z, Gen X, or baby boomers. Believers checking in before saving up, trading stocks, or changing jobs. As for zodiac signs, Virgo it seems, like to splurge, and Tauruses are the worst at sticking to a budget, though they also have the highest credit scores. Sagittarius, the lowest. Lillian Wu, Fox News. What a bunch of garbage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If any of you are... Like uh, do, I've got them. I've got today's uh, horoscopes up right now. What's it say for Scorpio? Scorpio. What am, what am I doing? What do I need to know? The emphasis is on the lighter side of life, which should come as a relief. You can afford to push dull routine to one side and get on with enjoyable matters. Serious discussions are in the pipeline, though, and as you gradually get a grip on the facts, you'll figure out the solution to an emotional question. I got a lot of questions about what's happening in that. For me... Astrology is all about choices, and right now you must decide between a course, this is Leo, by the way, between a course of blatant self-interest and a path of self-sacrifice and service to others. Search out the middle way and don't get too head up. You see, although compromise is not always your strong point, it is necessary. So I think that's telling me to not be, not be too selfish, but also not too nice. Okay. F- find right. the compromise. I'll, rem- I'll remember that. I will remember that. I don't know what answer I'm going to find for the question that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, why do I get the feeling that these very, very open to interpretation and could apply in a lot of ways? But it's just word, it's just word vomit. Nonetheless, let's finish on this. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, despite Omicron, people are still going to see the movies. Well, at least one movie. Spider-Man. I'm going Monday. Spider-Man. Monday. No have spoilers. You, have you... I have no idea. There's a there's a Spider-Man in it. Uh, th- have you heard the numbers of this thing? This thing's like breaking records. It's doing okay. Spider-Man No Way Home becomes the second highest domestic box office opening of all time with $260 million. This is all my fault. I can't save everyone. The Sony flick nabbing the biggest opening weekend since the start of the pandemic, surpassing estimates and the $257 million made in 2018 by Avengers Infinity War, trailing only behind Avengers Endgame, which remains the highest grossing domestic film opening of all time, with over $357 million. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. My favorite thing about all of those features when they do the movies, it's like someone went in with their iPhone and recorded the sound. To, to get the, to get the, the movie the, clip and like to they, get the they, nat sound they, they didn't get a really good clip to play. But that's not like an adjusted for COVID so, sort of situation. I mean, not the sound, but the numbers. The, the numbers. I'm talking yeah. about. I mean, legit number two of all time. So, Braden Fox Hollow says he saw it in the IMAX in Omaha. Spoiler: It was very good. I, good. We have already set aside on Monday. We are going. Okay. It's next Monday. We have found right. some time and we're going to go. I just got to make it six more days. He shoots nets out of his hands. You don't know that. (laughs) You don't know my world. 
he did when I used to pay attention to Spider-Man. All right, we'll take a break. Wendy Burtzall joins us next on KLIN. An economic conversation for our city and upcoming events with the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce on LNK Today. Oh, and uh, Wendy Birdsall winding down not only 2021, but her career with the uh, Chamber and a lot of mornings that we spent on uh, Tuesdays. Woo! For like, uh, man, 16 years. Good morning, Wendy. How are you doing? I'm, yeah, I'm doing really great. I was just reflecting on that. Um, and what a great run it's been, Jack. Uh, you think about uh, it's probably been one of the greatest times in Lincoln's history for growth and, and, um, and things just moving along uh, in the city and economic growth. Uh, great time to be proud of. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and thank you for for all you've done, and thank you for these uh, Tuesday mornings. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Imagine a, a kid who was born uh, when we started doing this is now driving a car. So that's uh, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty crazy. Uh, let's get yeah. into let's get into some of the things here in the uh, news this week. And I, I'm I'm glad that you're going to talk a little bit about this. I saw the news about Delta uh, stopping service a little bit in a few weeks here from from Lincoln, which is disappointing. This was big news when they said it was coming. Now it's going away. Is there any hope left in, in, in keeping this here? Because I know it's an important thing for the city. Yeah, you know, there's just so many factors that play into uh, what makes uh, the decisions for, for air service. You know, they've got powerful algorithms that look at uh, communities and look at, uh, you know, to take in load factors and profitability. But I do think, uh, you know, the, the pandemic has played a tremendous role, as we all know, but also the labor shortage. Uh, but but we're not going to give up. Uh, we've uh, also sent a letter to the CEO of uh, Delta Airlines. Uh, we are also encouraging our membership to do that. Uh, and I would encourage listeners to do it as well. Happy to provide you with the address um, because I do think they need to know how important it is to us and they need to hear uh, from uh, the, the community, both business community and people that use it for for leisure travel. It's an important service. We really thought the Atlanta flight was just on the verge of, of announcing and coming back. So, as you said, this is a really big blow. Um, and I don't think uh, I'm, we're not giving up, and I do think that there's some things we can do that maybe may turn yeah. the time. And that Minneapolis flight's really important, too, right? That, yeah, is, and it's got, it had tremendous load factors. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, both Minneapolis and Atlanta. Yeah. Um, even post pandemic or just this just uh, you know last fall uh, that mi- that Minneapolis flight I, I think had an eighty percent load factor which is outrageous that's that's fantastic yeah um, other thing on a light note here as we uh, get toward uh, the the well we're in the holiday season we get towards Christmas I the seasonal signs uh, <laughs> I haven't seen them yet the seasonal signs are back uh, up and about in Lincoln well keep your eyes peeled I I think that this that uh, some day this week. Uh, I won't say when, uh, but there will be thir- 13 different signs that will go up around the, the community playing on uh, both the holiday spirit and also on some pop culture. Uh, our, our communications team put them together, and, uh, and there are a couple of them that I didn't get, which is what I love. Uh, <laughs> that means I, say, that means, I guess it means it's time to shut it down, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've timed it out perfectly. <laughs> but take some pictures of them, put them on social media. Um, you know, and I'll, uh, I will say this too. One of the <laughs> great things, frustrating things, is we we tend to lose them at a rapid rate too. They they're very popular, and uh, I think people um, want 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 them. So uh, we do sell them, 
uh, if you want to buy one. But so get it uh, that way. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, exactly. All right. So look for those uh, coming up. Hey, Wendy, great to talk to you. Uh, we'll uh, we'll do it again and uh, have a great uh, Christmas, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks. Merry Christmas. There you go. Wendy Birdsall, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. All right, we've got Joe Jordan coming up in 10 minutes. Your morning drive. Count down the five things you're going to be talking about today. A little bit later in the show, top five Tuesday, the most memorable Christmas gifts you ever received. And John Baylor, 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 7-11 on this Tuesday morning, and that means it's time to talk Nebraska news and politics with News Channel Nebraska's Joe Jordan for the uh, for the final time this year. Joe's off next week. We'll get back to him in 2022 when we start firing up into the legislature. Uh, good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Good morning, Jack. And before I go, happy Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that. Yeah, same to you. And, and a big thanks. Always uh, always look forward to to our conversations at uh, 710 and, and a lot of great feedback from the listeners too. So I always appreciate your uh, your time. Uh, so let's start with this uh, the governor's press conference yesterday. We talked about this at the open of the show today, and he uh, encouraged Nebraskans to get a new doctor if their doctor, I mean, legitimately did if their doctor was not willing to prescribe um, uh, monoclonal antibodies. Um, that, that was the main thing with this yeah. whole thing. Do you understand? I, it, it just kind of took me by surprise, and, and I'll, be, I'll be honest, I don't completely know what the story is or if that is or is not happening in the state, and if it's not, why it isn't happening exactly. Can you, do you know any of the backstory as to why he would come out and say something like this yesterday? Well, he did mention during the news conference, uh, I think in a follow-up question or two, that it was all uh, anecdotal. People that he had talked to had they visited, you know, certain doctors, and the, and they uh, had talked or inquired about monoclonal antibodies, and the doctor had said, apparently more than one doctor had said, well, I, I don't want to do that. Uh, and and then then the question was asked, well, why wouldn't doctors want to do that? At which point, Dr. Gary Antone, the chief medical officer for the state, went to the microphone and said that oftentimes it's as simple as doctors are because of COVID and everything else that they do, they're really swamped, and they don't want to spend the extra 10 or 15 minutes explaining the, the pros and cons of monoclonal oh. antibodies and, and then going through what it, the prescription and all that. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like Dr. Antone said, well, these doctors are overworked or too lazy to take the extra steps to uh, do it. And so, the, so the governor basically said, he didn't basically say he said it, if your doctor won't prescribe monoclonal antibody treatment, uh, get a new doctor, get a second opinion, and, uh, and let's go from there. It was, uh, it, I thought it was odd, which is why I headlined the fact that the governor was telling certain clients, <laughs> certain pe- people, patients of COVID, Get a new doctor. Right. It was a little out of the. It was a little out of the uh, the norm. Yeah. Well, like when I first heard it, Joe, my my first thought was, oh, has this become one of those controversial therapies that some people right. think works and some people think are you know just something that's a quack? But this is like this has been approved by the FDA. Fauci has been saying that people should be getting these. Uh, like I I look, I just Google it and I look on like Brian Health even yeah. here in Lincoln. They've got a thing that says, hey, we prescribe these, we do these. So it's not 
it's not really like you know, like you can go back to like the hydroxychloroquine uh, disagreements and stuff. It's not really like that, right? As far it's, as I yeah, can tell. You know, I, I think it's far more, uh, as, as quote-unquote, established in the medical community. The interesting thing was that the governor also did note uh, on the on the ivermectin uh, item and uh, hydroxychloroquine, he did note that the attorney general uh, uh, has done the work and the research on ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and he said that any doctor who prescribes those will not be penalized in Nebraska for doing so. So on the one hand, he was saying, here's this more established uh, treatment, monoclonal antibodies, mm-hmm. they're okay, but just in case you're into ivermectin, uh, that you're covered there, too. Your doctor's not going to be penalized. Yeah. So he kind of covered all the bases, I guess. Yeah, that, I mean, because it's a diff- the monoclonal antibodies is, uh, look, I mean, I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to tell you what works and what doesn't work here, but the, at least the medical, like the consensus among the government right. and the medical kind of mainstream is, is is very those are apples and oranges kind of comparing the antibodies compared to some of the other treatments which i didn't know i I didn't know at the beginning and it sounds like just in a little bit of research that i did it sounded like initially there was some concern about supply uh about uh when it came to the monoclonal antibodies when this first started um but perhaps that's not as much of an issue now but but uh nonetheless nonetheless it was uh something that's interesting it would be interesting to delve down now and talk to doctors and sort of get what this the story is if this is a situation where there are a lot of doctors not prescribing it or if it's just that slightly anecdotal stuff and or if so why and and i guess those are the next questions to be asked with this well yeah and i think it was a little odd to hear the governor basically going off of what, as he as he acknowledged, it was uh, anecdotal evidence, uh, nothing that, that had made you know any news before. That if you wanted to get monoclonal antibodies, you couldn't get them uh, because your doctor wasn't prescribing them. Yeah. So it was it was certainly uh, you know out of the norm that the governor would would go that route. Uh, it, at the same time, he was also you know continued to insist that uh, people should get vaccinated. Uh, also pushed more testing, uh, and, and the testing kind of goes in hand. If you you know if you test positive and you go to your doctor, he won't prescribe the monoclonal antibodies. Right. You know, get this get a second opinion, get a new doctor, and so the, they all kind of ran hand in hand. Uh, he you know he was he's continued to push, uh, he continued to push to getting the, the vaccine. Yeah, which which I which I think I found interesting. And in, did you are you aware of the? Uh, President Trump's comment we, the other day. We, he, he, we played it about a half hour and got, ago. And he got booed? Yeah, we played uh, it about a half hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, the, the politics of this are all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, so you've got, a, you know, you've got conservative, you know, Pete Ricketts telling people to go ahead and get their, you know, please get that vaccine, get, you know, get bo- and, and get boosted. Ricketts, you know, the governor said yesterday that he has also been boosted. Uh, so he's gone the whole nine yards on that. Uh, uh, he did, didn't. He did not. He did not talk about masks. Uh, I could be corrected on that, but I'm pretty sure he didn't. T- he didn't talk about masks yesterday. Just just treatments and 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 getting vaccinated. All right. Um, and and uh, by the way, speaking of the testing, we, we mentioned this earlier, but for those who didn't hear, there's going to be a, an address by the president today, and he is going to unveil a plan to distribute 500 million free tests to Americans. 
um, if they want to register for them online. So uh, that'll that, that might be uh, that's going to be a big thing in 2022 is uh, people getting the free tests and and going along with that. Uh, one other kind of uh, more more political thing that was uh, mentioned yesterday, I just wanted to get your your reaction to uh, is that the the governor was was asked, and I think this was probably known before. You'll have to fill in the details for me, uh, but asked if he had asked the uh, asked President Trump. Uh, not to endorse Charles Herbster for the gubernatorial race, and which which would not be surprising. But he spoke a little bit on that. Did we learn anything new about that yesterday? Uh, I don't think there was anything new. Just a little hardening of the arteries in terms of the governor taking a swing, another swing or two at uh, at Mr. Herbster. Uh, it was about a month or so ago. Politico did a report where they reported that uh, Governor Ricketts said. It, it asked uh, President Trump not to endorse anyone in the governor's race. And then at some point thereafter, obviously, you know, uh, Trump endorsed Herbster. Uh, so when the, when the question came up, the governor simply acknowledged, yes, I asked uh, President Trump uh, not to endorse. Obviously, he did. And then he went into the fact that uh, he didn't think Herbster was qualified uh, to be governor of Nebraska because, A, uh, he moved a business and wouldn't put it in Nebraska. And B, uh, as we've all come to learn over time for the last several years, I think it's been now that, that uh, on 600 occasions in the last several years, uh, Mr. Herbster has paid his property taxes uh, late, uh, uh, whether it's a business property tax or his home property taxes. And back in 2014, when he was paying his property taxes late in Richardson County, uh, he didn't give Richardson County the $39,000 he owed them, but he gave Bo McCoy $2 million for the governor's race, which I think to this day still obviously rankles uh, Governor Ricketts because Ricketts was running against Bo McCoy at the time. Right. Uh, and then I think that still bothers him, even though Ricketts wound up winning. Uh, but so given the opportunity to take another couple of swings at uh, Mr. Herbster, the governor didn't, didn't hesitate because uh, he could have simply said, yeah, I asked President Trump not to endorse, and he did. But he didn't stop there. He took a couple of shots at Herbster as he, as he sort of walked out the door there. It's going to be an interesting tightrope because the more, you know, the, uh, of course Herbster uh, w- would like, and I don't know if he'll get it or not, but he would love Trump to come here and campaign for him, right? He would, I'm sure he would right. love to have him hold an event here. Trump, in his, in his endorsement, took pains to kind of not say anything, sort of say something nice about Ricketts, too. Um, dur- during that comment, like, but like, how long can that balance continue, right? I, I mean, when he usually gets involved in these races, the the president does, it, and he's supporting someone. He usually goes after who he's who he's going against, and he's not going against Ricketts. But we all know what the situation is with with Ricketts, Pillen, and Herbster with this thing. I just don't know that this is sustainable here with this whole whole situation where we're at right now. Well, picture this. President Trump comes to Nebraska to campaign for Herbster, and Pete Ricketts doesn't welcome him to the state. Right, right. I, I mean, mean, he's not—he's not at the airport when Trump comes into the state. I mean, yeah, I get he doesn't go to the rally, uh, but he's not going to be on stage, obviously, because Herbster's going to be up there with Trump. But he doesn't—he doesn't welcome him to the state. Yeah, I, it's, how do you? That's going to be. That would be pretty fascinating to watch that whole dance. Something's got to give in this whole thing at some point. I just don't think you can keep this going till till May, where it's uh, uh, you know I'm I'm endorsing Herbster. Um, I'm not, but I'm not. You know, I'm I'm not 
cutting any ties with what Ricketts wants. And Herbster, of course, is, I mean, you hear his commercials, and he's very much touting Trump. And I'm sure he'd love nothing more than, than to have Trump here in, uh, is supporting him. So um, well, not only it, can't that, sta- it just can't stay this way. One of those well, things has to change. Let's 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 take make the assumption, which I don't think is too radical, that uh, Governor Ricketts endorses uh, Jim Pillen. Uh, there's probably going to be some ads. Are they going to be just Jim Pillen's a great guy, or is it also going to be? And here's why you don't want to vote for Herbster. Uh, how how that whole situation plays out in light of the Trump endorsement of Herbster gets pretty complicated. Uh, Politically, for for everybody involved on this on this thing, it it's going to be fascinating to watch it. You're right about that. I don't know how long it it, it can sustain itself, but you know, right now Herbster is really in his ads. He's all, it's all about the Trump endorsement, mm-hmm. and uh, he wants to make sure nobody's missed that. Which I don't think I think by now anybody in the Republican Party that plans to vote in May knows who's, who Trump's endorsed. Last question for you. Now that uh, now that we had this coming down here last week while we were doing this, now that Dave Heineman is not in the race, is there? I mean, do we feel safe now saying the field is complete for this thing, or how much of a little crack in the door would you still leave for whomever at this point? Well, any any you know sort of outside the realm of normal candidate could always pop into this thing. True, but I don't think I think in terms of a sort of a mainstream name i don't see it happening uh i i, I think you know the, the the teams have kind of aligned you know there's the you know herbster's got his group Dylan's got his group uh state senator lindstrom uh doing what he can Teresa thibodeau i think it's pretty well set uh i don't see i don't see somebody jumping in unless it's someone we kind of we've just never heard of that all right. wants to run for governor i don't see that right all right. Well, hey, Joe, it's been uh, it's been great talking during the year 2021. And uh, man, we've, we've talked about a lot of stuff. It's been it's been crazy. And we will get back into it in a couple of weeks, the beginning of January. And we'll have a we'll have a legislative session to look forward to at that point. So plenty to get into. Thanks so much for your time, Joe. Appreciate it, Jack. You take care. Have a great year. There we go. There's Joe Jordan. News Channel, Nebraska, 724. We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Uh, yeah. All right. Hey, before we count them down, just a heads up to Top 5 Tuesday today. Five most memorable Christmas gifts, or as many as you can get to. Um, probably during your childhood. That's usually what it is. I, I especially am interested in the kind of uh, the different generational childhood gifts that we were we were all getting and, and bringing back. I'm already got some great memories on the uh, text line of toys that I had completely forgotten about. Uh, but text us those into us at the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. We're going to have some fun with that coming up in a half hour. That number is 402-479-1400. With that said, it's time to count them down. Let's get it started with... Number five. Well, Governor Ricketts and Dr. Gary Antone both encouraged everyone to get vaccinated against COVID-19. It happened at a news conference yesterday morning. They both talked about treatments, including monoclonal antibodies, which the governor was very adamant about. Dr. Antone also talked about uh, monoclonal antibodies, and there's 86 uh, infusion sites now in the state. They're doing about 1,400 infusions a week. But he also said so there are some new antiviral pills that uh, should be approved for emergency use very, very soon, maybe by the end of the month. He also talked about even the continuing use of, uh, uh, of um, remdesivir, name we haven't talked about in a long time. But I just wanted to remind people that, you know, getting COVID does not necessarily mean there aren't treatments out there for them. The governor was very um, adamant, I might add, about 
the uh, monoclonal antibodies and was a little bit critical of some medical professionals. You want to hear what he had to say? Yeah. Uh, start getting some of the first symptoms of COVID, you know, that fever, that cough, and that sort of thing. If very early on you get the monoclonal antibody treatment, that is a significant, that makes a significant impact in fighting off the virus as well. Uh, it is hugely impactful in keeping people out of the hospital. So we strongly recommend that you get that monoclonal antibody treatment. That means talking to your doctor and getting the prescription for it. If your doctor won't give you that prescription, if that, and without a good reason, uh, I've had many people tell me their doctors just didn't want to do it, get a new doctor. I, I will say this. I mentioned it when Joe was on. I was just doing a little search. I, I, I noticed for Brian, for instance, has a webpage where they talk about how they use those oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and are willing yeah, to, got a, to use those. They've got a so, monoclonal antibody uh, clinic set up on the West Campus. Okay. So I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know where or why this is happening to the extent that it is. But later um, in the news conference, the governor again reiterated that he has this anecdotal stuff from people who've said their doctors just won't prescribe it. And he, he mentioned it uh, a couple of times in his news conference and said it's a legitimate treatment. I, I, I You know, it's it's interesting because, as, as I mentioned earlier, it's not... This I, I wouldn't say, and Mark, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, you know, there's been some controversy or, or, or kind of what gulf between what people think about the effectiveness is or the safety is of some of the treatments over the last several months, but anaclonal antibodies are approved by the FDA. I mean, you've right. had the, the Fauci's of the world praising them. I mean, like, it's not a super... It's. It's not like they're holding it off. Like I wouldn't compare it to the the Iver, Iver, ivermectin debate. Right. It's 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 a totally different thing. So that's not really what it is. I I think from from what Joe had to say, it's more about it take it takes a it takes time. There was some concern about the supply. I think at the the beginning stages of this. Um, so I don't know exactly what's going on here. Well, but. they they were really. Uh making it known that these treatments are out there. Yeah. There are up to 86 infusion sites in the uh, state doing about 1,400 a week. Uh, that's one of the leading for our size population, and they just want to make sure people are aware of it. And uh, even Dr. Antone discussed why doctors might not. And he said, you know, they're busy. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they think it's a, a very tedious process, but well, they're... Well, that's, uh, it's they're, kind of a different thing than you expected on that, but yeah. He, yeah, but he also said that they're um, monoclonal antibody team is ready to take virtually all of the uh, work out of it for any doctor. All you got to do is call the uh, vaccination center and they'll take care of doing all the rest. All right. Moving on. Number four. Well, that line of severe thunderstorms and tornadoes that swept through north central U.S. last week has now been classified by the National Weather Service as a serial derecho, the first on record for a December. 45 tornadoes preliminary confirmed in those December 15 storms. Uh, 24 or 26, depending on which story you read here in Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, Iowa, and Minnesota took the brunt of the damage. Five deaths blamed. Of course, uh, derecho shares similarities to a hurricane, but it has no eye. Its winds come across in a line. The similarity is the damage, which covers a wide area. This area in particular, Mark, um, man, it was close. It was close when you look at what, uh, because they confirmed uh, it was a EF2 tornado that actually had go- went through 
the northwest corner of Lancaster County. Right. Um, and, and other parts of, of the viewing area as well. And it goes to what we were what we were seeing that day where it was just like they were popping up. The tornado warnings were popping up like nothing I had ever seen. And I, I wondered if you might see some numbers like this. But yeah, 20, uh, mid-20s tornadoes in December is just... It's yep. uh, what was it? Crazy. Caleb, Caleb said yesterday we'd only had five in uh, since what nineteen five since nineteen fifty so in the month of December. Quintuple that yeah. in one in basically one forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. To, just to give you an idea of how unprecedented something like that is. So um, yeah, and uh, I, and I didn't realize that there were that there were deaths that were blamed on this weather. Now it did go through not only Nebraska, but as you mentioned, some other the other parts of the country as well. Um, but And so you, you don't take that for, for granted or don't minimize that, but boy, it feels like it feels like in some ways you also dodged a bullet with this thing, uh, especially yeah. with, with what you saw in Kentucky. Yep. Absolutely. Alright. Moving on. Number three. Well, a pretty big change to the landscape downtown Lincoln underway. Uh, Work is underway to tear down the Lincoln Journal Star Building at 926 P Street. Uh, High-rise apartment towers are planned for that site. So it's coming down. So I, uh, I've i been to that building a couple... I got a tour of that building once. I don't remember what, what that was for, but had a chance to see it. But there's no doubt my most uh, treasured memories of that building or the area right around it was... I don't know if it was still used for this, but... During a large portion of like the uh, the Bill Callahan and Bo Pelini years, it was uh, my friends had a tailgate spot there, <laughs> so that was always had some fun tailgates in that that parking lot of the Journal yeah, Star that, Building. That backside, uh, yeah, back by the docks. Yep, where they, they, yep, uh, over there, a lot lot of tailgating there. But yeah, you're right, um, and more more residential. I I, I, conti- I am so fascinated by the downtown residential market in Lincoln. I'm fascinated by the apartment market in this town. The apartment in general. In general. Why do you say that? Well, there's just so many of them going up. Yeah. If you if you traveled South Lincoln lately. Yeah. I mean, the number of apartment complexes going up. Right. Is really amazing. Hey, there's a housing shortage right now. Uh, right. At, at this point, but I don't know. Anybody checked out? I haven't been downtown for uh, several days. It's my penthouse doing there, across from the Lead Center. We looking good? I think. Do they have the? Yeah, I think they're pretty close. The crane came down, or I believe it was last week. Um, but I understand that there was a problem with uh, your your down payment check, and it's been sold out from underneath you. That's what, I that was need the rumor. to go. Wow, I need to get my lawyers on that immediately. Really? Because I heard he actually overpaid, and they were giving him another room. That'd be nice. Well, maybe, That'd be a nice gesture. Maybe that was just a confusion. I I just want to make sure it's done so, you know, Elton can come hang out with me in April. Have him over. Only if he's bringing Ed Sheeran and Dua Lipa. (laughs) And Lil Nas X. So so we can have a a pre-show cocktail with Elton before he gets going. Talk about the good old days. I just want to make sure it's set for that. Uh, By the way, uh, I saw they took part of the... Is part of the scaffolding off the top of the Capitol, too? I I, I thought I saw that. I don't know. I'm headed downtown for a lunch today, so I'll take a look. Is it? Is it? I look at that scaffolding. Terrifying. Yeah. Ter- who is getting on that? Give them a raise. 
<laughs> getting on that thing and doing whatever they're doing up there. Because that is ridiculous. I mean, just a kind of a strong wind. Speaking of speaking of strong winds, you're up there on that thing and starts moving a little bit. Yikes. I'm surprised uh, a week ago just all of that didn't go flying down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, shout out. Shout out to uh, urban construction workers that have to work a... That, that crane by the lead place, uh, looking at that and like the stairs that go up to it and like the ladders that go up to it, also terrifying. <laughs> you be, uh, it's it's like that picture of all the workers uh, who are building the Empire State Building sitting on the yeah. sitting on the girder and just eating their lunch. My luck, people are insane. My luck if I were one of those crane operators, just when I got up there, Mother Nature would say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> "All right, March headed back down." Well, that's about enough for today. And, uh... <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Number two. Well, we're going to find out how the Huskers look in 2022, April 9th. The spring game early this year. Uh, I, I mean, we have had good, pretty good luck with nice weather on the spring game. Right. I think we're I think we're getting a long winter, guys. Well, I think it, we're getting it, a long winter. I don't know if April got nights. The, the spring game wasn't until May this last spring. Is they, that right? Yeah, they they pushed it back a little bit, and one of the reasons was Frost said he wanted to get more nice days. Well, this year they're uh, going through and they're um, they're doing some work on the stadium turf, and then you also have to battle commencement, which takes place there as well. So they pushed everything up about a month, uh, three weeks to a month. Nebraska, it's been back in 2013, they did it on April 6th. Other than that, since Nebraska made the move to the Big Ten, um, April 9th, it's it's never been as early as uh, the 9th other than that one year. You know, I, I remember, speaking of weather that time of year, there was one year, and I'm, I'm forgetting what year that it was, but that it was severe weather moved through during the game, and uh, Jim Cantore was here, and he's interviewing Dave Heineman <laughs> while they're trying to figure out whether to call up the spring game, and that was when Tom Osborne was AD, and he's telling people to evacuate the stadium, and they were clearing out the concession stands. Let's hope. Let's hope nothing. Like, let's get a nice, nice day, and let's. Uh, Caleb, are we going to have a new uh, quarterback to talk about for that See, or not? That, that'll be the thing. Do, is there one or multiple more quarterbacks? You're obviously going to see Harburg and Smothers, and if Torres is healthy. Um, so you're going to have at least three. Masker's still on the roster. He got um, a little bit of run last year. He had more run than Harburg did um, over the course of the season. You're going to see Whipple. What What is that effect on the yep. new offense? What is Mickey Joseph doing with the receivers? What, what all is different with this team? And it'll be our first look at that defense without so many Super seniors on yeah. it. Yeah, it'll be an interesting spring game this year. It'll be fascinating and not all that far away now. Right. All right, let's finish things off with number one. Well, if you're looking for a place to eat on uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, Dave Welch, who has Metro Dining Delivery, has compiled a humongous list of restaurants, whether they be open or closed. Uh, he's compiled that on their website, metrodiningdelivery.com. Um, you want the whole URL, you can get it, but just, you know, go to so, that. That I, list is really something. Why, why do you, what do you mean it's really? It's I just a, didn't, I mean, I knew there were a lot of restaurants in town, but I didn't realize there were quite that many. So, is that going to be our list we look at for much Madness? I'm just curious, yeah, I'm just curious here who is open on Christmas here. Uh, a lot of the um, uh, ethnic uh, 
Especially Chinese restaurants are open. So, A Taste of Louisiana is on here. It says 12 to 5 p.m., maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, Aroma Indian Cuisine is open. Asian Taste Thai restaurant. Great uh, Gray Whale Sushi and Grill. Boss's Pizza and Chicken. Buffalo Wings and Rings is open? Christmas night? Island's Great Wall is open regular okay. hours. Okay. Uh, De Leon's. De Leon's is open. Get yourself a burrito on Christmas. One I was surprised at. IHOP is open. IHOP is open? Okay. Madsen's opens at 5. Uh, yeah, this is there's way more than I thought, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, uh, IHOP. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. Kasumi Sushi, King Kong is open. Oh, I kind of want to go out to eat on Christmas. Yeah. All right. Uh, the, uh, the other thing that I noticed, there's quite a list of those that are closed Christmas Eve and Christmas. Yes. Day. Yeah. So. A bunch of the McDonald's open at 5 p.m. By the way, on Christmas Day. So. But an interesting list. Yeah. Hey, if you go out to eat on Christmas Day, tip tip nicely. Yes. Tip nicely. All right, there you go. That is it for our morning drive. It is 7.54. Uh, Top 5 Tuesday coming up next. Those Christmas gifts you still remember. That's coming up next on KLIN. Wingalien. Oh, man, I am excited for this Top 5 Tuesday. I am excited. Let, uh, we're doing the five... Christmas gifts slash toys, you know, mostly toys, but it, it can be something else other than that. But top five most memorable Christmas gifts in your lifetime. And I am, it's really interesting to see all the people of different ages and the things of the uh, different eras that people were, uh, people were getting. So I, since we have so many responses, let's get to ours here at the beginning and then go through, have some, have some fun remembering, remembering some old stuff. I, I guys, I'll just do mine first because I'm ready right here. Um, my number five. My number five, nobody... See, here's the thing. We don't have... We're not overlapping in generations here, so I know, neither of you guys are probably going to uh, remember this. Maybe some of the listeners will. Does anyone remember the little robot called Alfie? There was a robot called Alfie in the 80s, and it played games, and the arms moved up and down and had a button on its head. I got the blue... Ver- There's a white version and a blue version, if you Google it. I got the blue version, and I still remember how excited I, I was about that. Everyone was all in on robots in the 80s. I just and know there was-, was a song named Alfie. Was there? In the 50s and okay. 60s. Yeah, Alfie. So if somebody else remembers Alfie, text me, because I know <laughs> neither of you guys are, are going to remember oh, that. Nope. Number four, number four, again, right in the era, I got a slot car racetrack one year. Oh my gosh, those things were so cool. The little little slot cars, they, they call them slot cars because the front of the car had a a, a little, I don't know, yeah. nodule thing, and, uh, it, and it went through there, and you had a hand. Was it like a little, it was like yeah, a little Yeah, you had like gun, a little hand basically. controller, yeah. and you had to slow down around the curves, or if it would, and then you could start doing like modifications on the car. I would go to Hobby Town, and I would buy new engines and stuff. I was so into that for a while. I loved I had one of those, but I can racing. tell you what, never slowed down for the curve. Yeah, that's they would fish tail and it would fly out. You're, then you like put pennies on the back and try and weigh them down. Put uh, you put up the rails and then do up. My dad nailed it down on a piece of plywood. This track that I had, it was sweet. It was so cool. Uh, number three, I remember when you're my my uh, my friend got a boombox uh, for his birthday. This is probably about like 1983 or so, 1984. Got a boombox. Like the boomboxes got really really popular. It had the tape deck and had the radio, the antenna on it, and his had one speaker on the front. 
And I said, my, my friend, he has this one with one speaker. It's so cool. Is there any, I would love to get a boom box for Christmas. And I got one and it had two speakers. Oh, look at you. Ooh. It had, it had, to, it had the left and the right. So I was so excited. I could change the balance from the left to the right. I can still I can still remember all the controls on it. You just flip the thing, go up to FM. The one above it is AM, and then the tape deck and the huge antenna. Oh, just goes to portable. show you you've been in an affluent situation for years. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> yeah. I think it was a Sanyo. Uh, number two, number two for me, and I got to move fast because we got a lot of these to go to. I got one of those tabletop hockey games. You guys remember that with the it had the metal things that turned, mm-hmm. and it had a, like a puck that was about the size of a quarter, uh, and it was oh, it was so much fun. That thing was great. Um, and then my number one, this was this is kind of a, a a random thing, but my mom traveled a ton for work. She worked with school districts, and uh, she she once told my sister and I we could go with her on on one trip during during the year. And so we ended up going to San Antonio, and as part of that, uh, we went. I went to a Spurs game, NBA and the Spurs game, and it, and I picked that one. I picked it based on the NBA schedule because Shaquille O'Neal played for the Magic. It was like his <laughs> second year for the Magic. And so I got to see Shaquille O'Neal playing against Dennis Rodman for the Spurs uh, at the time. And so a chance to go to that game, uh, which my mom took us to, was was uh, really cool. So those are my top That's five. That's awesome. Uh, Caleb? Uh, my number five is I got Power Rangers at the time. Like the action figures? Like the little action figures. No, actually, the, the real Power Rangers showed up. Shut up. Um, but yeah, the little action figures. And these were the ones where you hit a button and like the head flipped inside its chest. Okay. So so they would morph when they did that. It was like it was the person, you'd hit the button, and it would flip oh, into its the, chest. Okay. And then it, would, it had the helmet on and everything. Nice. Those were so much fun. Um, this one, like, I don't know. My family really fed my love of reading. Yeah, like each year I would get books. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Nerd. Dragon Riders of Pern. So much fun. I enjoyed that every year. Get it? What book was Did I going to get? Books? Yes. Jeez. I loved it. And it fed, I've, I still love reading. It just fed that love for me. Um, number three, I got a PlayStation 1 one year. <laughs> oh my God, was that awesome. PlayStation 1. And now with all the game with the gaming that I play now I'm like those graphics were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and like the controller didn't work and you were wired up. It was awful, but it was so much fun to go down and do Was our- that like Echo the Dolphin? Was that on the PlayStation 1? Wasn't that a big one? Maybe I didn't I, I didn't play that one. Okay. I played Final Fantasy Tactics and okay. Motocross. All right. Uh, number two, I got a Hot Wheels track when I was like five, six years old. Um, and where we lived, I had loft beds with me and my sister. We shared a room. And getting the, the Hot Wheels track, and we had enough of it that we ran it across the loft beds and then down and out into the hallway. Oh, my gosh. You were seeing how fast you could get, and it would like the track would fall apart. So we're standing trying to hold it and see how fast I you had, could make the track. I had one of those go. Hot Wheels tracks. You started, it had a rubber band thing that you mm-hmm. attach, and it would shoot it forward. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, And we we, we saw what gravity could do for it, too. (laughs) Uh, Number one, I got a Game Boy Color when when I was like 12, 13 years old. That was so much fun. The amount of uh, Pokemon and Harvest Moon that I played, (laughs) that was the stuff. Because we went on a bunch of trips. We we played. Uh, I played a bunch of sports, and my dad was a coach, and it was always on the bus. You had the Game Boy Color. I had the Game Boy the Color to get me through. a lot faster. All right, Mark, what do you got? Well, uh, I got a set of Lincoln Logs. Yes. I remember that. Lincoln and and I think good. the next year, I actually moved up a little bit in that a little more sophisticated. Remember Tinker Toys? Yes. I uh, had Tinker Toys yeah. when I was growing up. I had an electric car set. Uh, my brother had electric trains, so I ended up Ooh. electric cars a little bit 
But this was a, a much older version than what you had. Yeah. <laughs> they just had the little pin and the track and all of that. Uh, when I was uh, probably 14 or 15, I got a sh- my first shotgun. Ooh. Yeah. You know, um, never was a big hunter, but I got my first uh, shotgun. It was an Ithaca 20-gauge Featherlight Deer Slayer. So, okay. I remember that. Did you use it? I, I hunted a few times okay. with it. Okay. Not a very good hunter. <laughs> <laughs> scatter shot with those shotguns i'm sure it's fine <laughs> and 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 i think my favorite of all times was i got a uh, pocket sized then pocket sized transistor radio that had a little leather carrying case Ooh, and, Ooh. and it was am only that's all there was yeah yeah <laughs> and uh i was uh I had that for years and years and years. There, no headphones. It just played out loud, yep. right? Yep. It was a little tiny speaker, 9-volt battery, and that was it. Chris Lofgren, yeah. what, what about you? Well, I've got a couple of things. One, Mark and I share that uh, a shotgun. I got my first shotgun when I was about the same age. Uh, Savage over and under is a 410 and a 22. And my son has it now. It's really cool. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great little gun. Yeah. Uh, I got my first pheasant with it. Uh, but one but not, that, but not with the twenty-two. I'll bet. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you, did, you, you still had to be a pretty good shot with a hey, four ten. Hey, too. you got it with the twenty-two. I'm impressed, <laughs> guys. I don't get these jokes at all. <laughs> these aren't these aren't jokes. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, what um, else? The uh, you guys are all growing up with the graphics and internet yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I, but one of the funnest games I got when I was a kid was a football field but it was the vibrating yes my dad had one of those the vibrating uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the football like, field yes. and, like and the football, football players <laughs> similar to what you guys might recall the green army guys yes you know, with yep the, they had their little platform yep. they stood on there and you lined them up <laughs> offense and defense and then you turned on and then it was just random where the ball would go and the runner would go. And there was and one that came, that you could throw with, but I don't know. Like, my dad's had a thing, a little thing you could throw. I was like, how are you ever going to catch? How is a player ever going to catch one that One of my ball? friends had that. I got safeties so much. Like, just 80-yard safeties. I'm like, yeah. you're running the wrong and, way. And remember the football was a little felt? Yeah. It was, yeah. It was like, sort of sticky, but, like, well, we it would... it was made out of felt. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, that thing that thing was incredible, and it I, I don't think it ever really worked. It didn't ever like. No. it wasn't you. You really had a hard time coming up with a winner. I guess. Right. You might I, say. What constituted being tackled? You know. Yeah. I think I developed early versions of the spread offense with that. Thing. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, that may be the origins. There you go. Did any of you ever get an etch a sketch? Oh yeah. That was always a, a good I, mean, one. I remember them. I don't know if I ever had one, though. Oh, my goodness. I spent hours on one. Yeah. 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 You try to come up with mazes. You could come up, and then and then you you would get tired, and you'd want to set it down, and you set it down. You want to shake it. And nobody mess with it, so you can go back to it. Oh, my goodness. Le- okay, let's go through some of the, the texts of, of uh, some of the other ones. Uh, Sam says, you could run plays and determine which way the player ran with a little circular knob on the bottom of their feet. Well, that's okay. news to me. Okay. That would have been helpful. Um, let's see. Uh, Keith says, Caleb, I was in front of you on the bus. I greatly enjoyed the the Dragon Riders of Pern book series. Yes. Thank you, Keith. Wow. Uh, Debbie <laughs> says, the two toys I remember most were a cardboard sheriff's jail. 
<laughs> and a cardboard grocery store. My folks got us. They were great playhouses. Plastic playhouses weren't made yet. You got a cardboard jail. <laughs> Lewis says in 1961, Roger Maris baseball game. One year I got, I don't know, I think it was for Christmas. I got, uh, it's like Stratomatic baseball where you had the cards, you had circular cards and you'd spin a spinner for every at bat and you'd put them in. It was awesome. Loved that thing. Uh, Chicken Rich says, uh, the original big wheel. Oh, the original big wheel with a handbrake. You could do some amazing spin outs with those. Rock'em Sock'em Robots, Silly Putty. Still blew my mind, Mark, that Silly Putty could take the newsprint right off the yep. paper. I'd take the color comics, yep. you know, the, the Sunday comics, and take it right off there. And, and, and the color of the Silly Putty never changed. Right, and get like the the Beetle Bailey, the full comic, yeah. and show up. Yeah, that was yeah. very... Uh, Ant Farm, an Ant Farm, and then Chicken Rich has a gun. He says a Crossman 760 pellet, pellet gun. Yep. Uh, Mike has BB gun, uh, 12-inch tall G.I. Joe, full model train set. Hungry, Hungry Hippos. That is a fun game. Hungry, Hungry Hippos. I need to get my kids that for Christmas this year. Oh, I want a hippopotamus. And then he's got Hot Wheels Super Duper Double Looper. Super, I don't know what, did that mean two two sets of wheels on the back? Maybe that's Isn't that the one that's... No, that's the track with the loops. Yeah. Oh, Hot Wheels, I thought, I was thinking, I'm an idiot. Okay. I thought he meant hot, uh, what, never mind. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, Eric has a Daisy BB gun, another BB gun on this thing. Midtown Tape had Big Wheel. I was mixed up Hot Wheel and Big Wheel because I'm an idiot. Uh, here's some more ones. Uh, Damien on Twitter says Batman Batcave, a Sega Genesis, the original PlayStation, Power Rangers Play Tent, and Sonic oh, and Knuckles for Sega Genesis. That, that guy is your age. That Play Tent? Yes. <laughs> Jeremy says Batman's Batcave from 1989 Batman movie, the Nintendo 64. Super Nintendo, Game Boy, and Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle on NES. Uh, Tyler says Lego Pirate Ship. Uh, Travis said he got a drum set when he when he was eight. Nothing else mattered after that. <laughs> uh, Brent says a mini magnetic chess set. He won the Calvert Elementary Chess Championship with it. Metroplex, which is a transformer. Pajamas. Snake Mountain, which was Skeletor's castle. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. He-Man uh-huh. was big. And then he said the NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. System. Uh, Tim says, late 70s, early 80s, the side-by-side black plastic electric racetrack. The accelerators were red and blue pistol grip-looking guns that were wired to the track. Could get the cars going so fast they would fly off the track on the turns. <laughs> Greg, Atari 2600, G.I. Joe F-16 plane, Sega Master System, sled, not just a plastic one, a nice rubber sled it flew. And a bike. <sighs> fun. That's fun. We need to bring slot racing back. We need to bring. We need to bring some of these toys back. I, I'm going to go to that old toy store today that they have down there at 70th and Pioneers uh-huh. and or 70th and Van Dorn and check it out. All right, there you go. You can keep sending your uh, most memorable gifts in. Uh, Rick Stein recognition text line four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. We're going to break. Check sports. John Baylor coming up in ten minutes on KLIN. KLIN. Waking babies in the North Bottoms, and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. All right, 839. LNK today with Jack and friends, and fresh off of his trip to Columbus, Ohio, for the Final Four National Championship. Welcome back to Lincoln. 
John Baylor. Hello, how are you doing? Today? Capital city to capital city. Yeah, you're it's good back. To be back. You're back. It's good to be back. And uh, my goodness, how much time did you need to recover from uh, Saturday night? Still in the throes of Jeez. that recovery. My goodness, tough one. Well, yeah, that um, uh, that match was it. You've talked about it, Wisconsin a lot this year. You got yeah. you know them very well at this point. Yeah. You got the same players they've had for thirteen years. Very tall, those sorts of things. Very. Very tall. tall. No, no, long. I forgot that. Long People aren't tall. tall anymore. They're long now. I thought that's like horizontal. Well, yeah, no. You, basketball announcer's like, he's very long. Yeah, that's that's horizontal. That's like wingspan, mm-hmm. I think. All right, I'll look into it. I'll look it back <laughs> Before to Before next season. Yep. Uh, did, the, uh, did anything surprise you about just kind of how that match went with these two teams matching up with what you'd seen from them before? Was uh, I mean, I think Wisconsin was surprised. We, we Huskers weren't that surprised. Wisconsin had beaten Nebraska seven times now, eight times in a row, and I think they thought, oh, maybe that November twenty-sixth match was an aberration. Huskers won the first set, and then a two deuce games, and bang! I mean, right away we made it clear. That uh, you know we were ready. I, I guess I'm increasingly surprised at how important game twos are. I mean, game twos largely dictate matches because game ones, you know, people are a little anxious and you see unusual things. Game two is when people have settled down. You kind of have a feel for how the match is going to go. You got to win that second set. Yeah, which they had. They had a chance. I mean, oh, it was so four, tight. Four set points. I mean, my, who's a four set points four set there? Points uh, Nebraska. Like it, it, that. That's the thing. There's such. There's such mixed feelings about this because. The run was, I think, for some unexpected. The victory against Texas was so sweet. Awesome. The, the, you know, going in it, with the problems that you had early in the year, and there's a part of you that's like, man, so, anything sort of gravy at this point. But then on the other side of it, you're like, God, switch one point at some point. Switch one point about three different times in the match, and the it goes the other direction. The difference between winning and not winning, razor thin. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and what do you remember? Who the championship was. But those who were there, those who saw it, realized the difference between the champion and the runner-up, especially this year, just closer than a twin-blade shave. Talk about that fifth set. What exactly happened? I mean, Nebraska didn't look like that the rest of the tournament when they got down 7-0. What, what in the heck's going on there? Well, the coaches before the match at dinner were debating what rotation to begin in. It's all about matchups, and the Huskers typically start in rotation number one all season long. They don't particularly worry about what the opponent's up to. Well, you're playing Wisconsin. they got a 6-8 and a 6-9 player, so you have to think a little bit more about matchups. And the Huskers on occasion this year started in a different uh, rotation, rotation three or four often, and there was much discussion, and they came out in rotation three. In fact, at the end of dinner, there still was no consensus. So they're going to decide in the locker room. They decided rotation three. It worked beautifully, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then rotation one was the choice. Set one, as the coach has said many times, he he regrets that. Mm. Um, so let let's kind of look ahead now, going forward uh, to the program. Now, you, what we do know there there are some things we do know. There are some things that we don't know. What do we obviously? Know? Lawrence Difference isn't going to be playing right. here anymore. It's I thought Lawrence she'd Difference. go all the way until assisted living. Uh, no, uh, Lexi Sun not going not no. going to come back. Uh, but there are decisions still now to be made 
Um, break down for us a little bit of who, who's got that decision to make about whether they, they come back, whether they don't. And Kayla Caffey, what, what, Kelly Schwarzenbach. Uh, they, uh, it's mutu- it's got to be mutual. First of all, the coach, uh, the, yeah. the staff has to want them back, see a need for them. Secondly, okay, is there going to be a scholarship, yes or no? Often the answer is no. But, you know, typically these families have had four years, sometimes five, of free education so they can swing it for one year or it would be one semester, basically, sometimes two semesters, depending on the spring. Mm-hmm. So uh, with, with Callie, uh, I, I don't know. These, this is purely speculation, mm-hmm. by the way. With, with Callie, my hope, for her at least, and I share this with her parents, I hope she doesn't retire. I just think too many players with eligibility left retire, like Haley Densberger. I wish she had played this year somewhere. Yeah, not Nebraska somewhere. I mean, you just the cubicle is overrated, right? Mm-hmm. And so keep playing. Mm-hmm. And Callie could go to uh, you know a, a program in the Missouri Valley, a, a program Iowa State maybe start play all the way. She's a two year starter for Nebraska, and what a great final year she could have. Get a master's, all those happy things. And uh, Kayla, I think, could necessarily help us. So I'm really hoping Kayla Caffey comes back. And she's going to be 25 next year. But again, she wants to be an educator. What's the rush? Right. And I say work at LPS in the morning, Devaney in the afternoon. <laughs> well, get this. Uh, let more of this COVID stuff pass and play volleyball, and hopefully schools are a little bit more normal when you get there. One more year with here and with NIL, you're making an income. She, I mean, she was, she's been good throughout. She was good last year. She pushed for playing time last year. She took it to another level at the end of this Kayla. year, though. Kayla yeah. Caffey did. She was ticked. The Big Ten coaches yeah. did not elect her first or second team Big Ten. All America did. All right, yes. <laughs> not good enough for the conference, good enough for the country. Yeah. I guess, and then Nicklin Hames there too. I, you know, it kind of seemed like in a tweet she indicated she, she's back. Uh, I think she uh, she sort point. of sounded like she was back in the press conference. I think that's probably she loves it here. She again makes good money with NIL. She is adored. She's probably one of the top five most popular Husker volleyball players of all time. It's tough to quantify that, so you yeah. can just make those statements and no one can question you. <laughs> anyway, she is beloved, and it's what, her parents told me at least two girls have been named after her in the state of Nebraska. You know, new, <laughs> really? new, newborns. I mean, just unbelievable. They've, they've never bought a beer in this state. I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> at how, least two, because during the those the final four matches, I was seeing a bunch of tweets from people saying, yep, Nicklin loves watching Nicklin, and I'm seeing all sorts of different oh, spellings for it. Really? And they're all, all the kids that you're seeing on so, there are two and under. So the question becomes, what role might she play? I think the keys to the car now belong to Kennedy Orr. So... Is Nicklin going to be comfortable, you know, supporting Kennedy Orr, supporting, really? supporting the shovel crew in the back row? Really? Being like a, a quasi whoa, 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 whoa. Hold that, As you would say, hold everything. Hold, hold everything. everything. What are we doing? Wait, 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 the keys belong to Kennedy Orr? I mean, I mean she's what are you talking about? Number one recruit in the country. She waited her turn. Your Nicklin's had four years starting, but you're now with Kobe. She's got this extra thing. Well, we're, we're, not, we're not giving participation trophies here. We're, I mean, what are They're we talking about here? She's going to have to earn it. But right, I think it's, they both I think are. it's probably Kennedy's job to lose. But we'll see. But I think it's going to be intriguing because the fans mm. adore Nicklin. She's sitting right there. Or maybe she's starting next year. Maybe it's oh, a 6 2. I mean, uh, is this, I mean, that's kind of the story of Lexi's son this year. Yeah. To some, and Callie to, to some degree with as COVID, well. COVID, you've got a log jam. And so players you just assume are going to play suddenly get a fifth year and all these freshmen arrive. So you've got yeah. extra bodies and somebody's got to rest. Um, the defense is is essentially back, though. Oh. Uh, I mean, you've got those. The, what do you those like, three. Le- Legion of Boom or the Shovel Crew? 
Isn't the shovel crew better? Legion of Boom is. I, 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 I think I, I think Cook was in a hurry to say something yeah. to that to to, to change the subject. But shovel crew, shovel crew, I like that. I don't know. That's still not great. Back, but. back to Nicklin. I mean, her pro career is going to involve libero. Now I know she wants to coach. So the question is, does she want to play pro? You're thinking libero, really? Why not? Oh, she's in a but huh. the best right back player the Huskers have probably ever had because the right back players always the setter. She digs better than any Husker setter. I mean, she's got a one dig more than opponents oh. starting setters for the season. Basically, every match, she's yeah. she's a remarkable. She's going to be an amazing yeah. libero. But liberos don't make a lot of money professionally. So does she want to pursue that or go right into coaching? She'd make an amazing coach. She got a lot of right. great moms. A coach, right? Mom, dad, oh, mom's a whole deal. Didn't she win like? Uh, didn't she win like seven state championships yeah. in Tennessee because she was playing in junior yeah. high? I think in the maternity ward, she won her first state title. <laughs> like eighth grade, she's playing on some you know adult rec team. She wins that. Uh, uh, she just wins. She just likes to win. Okay, now how do we how, how do we kind of take a look now at the outside hitters then? Uh, after obviously, uh, you, 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 you've I'm got not a... coaching, but my guess is Lindsey Krause on the left. Okay, because she's a game manager. She can manage the ball, and that's what you want on the left. She's a terminator. That's the first thing you need out there. But she sees the floor so well. The move, the game, I think, is slowing down for her. She's on, been an elite player since age nine. I just think on the left side, she has a bigger impact than on the right. The right side, you got to be in system. Doesn't see the ball as much. Left side, it's I mean, she three years there, four years, no, three years, got three years left mm-hmm. out there with Kubik for the next two. I mean, I think the Huskers just to be situated like that. Left side, Krause and Kubik for two more seasons. That's a nice basis, nice the, foundation. The, the the crazy thing about this, the, these freshmen, um, whether it be Lexi Rodriguez, whether it be Krause, whether it be, you know, Batenhorst, even Lonstein, any of them, is there, I mean, especially those ones that were playing, they are veterans now. I mean, yes. they, are, they are really veterans. I mean, they went through everything in a year. They've got way more experience than a typical freshman is going to have in this situation. Grizzled veterans looking into long-term care insurance. I mean, they have been around. <laughs> uh, they've, they, they've earned their stripes. So I think there's going to be a battle on the right side. Uh, and it's going to be tough to keep everybody happy. And yeah. can Allie Batenhorst play right? Not sure. Uh, Whitney Lonstein, is she going to be a successful right side? Not sure. So here we go again. And then, boy, we got some amazing talent coming in next year and definitely two years from now. So the future's bright, you're saying? Very bright. Keeping everybody happy is the big question. Uh, can no? Skylar Fields play right side? She <laughs> plays for Texas. and uh, uh, She's in the transfer portal. Since when? Since three days ago. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, over the weekend she went into yep. the portal. She's been a fixture. Okay, that's intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> that's intriguing. No, I'm not saying it's intriguing that Nebraska is so right, interested right. in her. Um, it's intriguing. I said after, during that match and after... All they're winning in that very weak conference has papered over simmering unhappiness. Uh, you could in that see program. it. You could see it. For Skylar Fields to leave, my gosh, she's a, from in-state. All they do is set her. She plays all the time since day one, <laughs> but she doesn't play back row. That's one reason Lexi left. She wanted to play all six rotations. They wouldn't let her. They just have specialists. They just play front row, except for Logan Eggleston. Mm-hmm. She left. Wow. There's some issues there. Big Issues. Well, like I said, you could see it in yeah. that match, though. Yeah. The, on the players' faces, the coaching staff making like crazy subs, that switching in setters end. in and out. I mean, wow, yeah. that's fascinating. But it, it, but when it comes to maybe picking someone up for the transfer portal, is that possible? Maybe with the middle. I mean, is is that well, something Caitlin, you might look at? Caitlin Hordes in the portal, mm-hmm. and again, you can go back. So maybe these players are just shopping. Hey, they don't yeah. know what their market value is financially. 
So what might they get offered? Man. So just go out there, put your, you know, put past the plate, see who's going to fill it. Uh, yeah, well, the place to go if you're a volleyball player for that for that sort of thing is, and I, I mean, it's Nebraska, without a doubt. I think there's I mean, more potential the, the, here than most. I mean, I, I I feel like the the NIL stuff is going to make Nebraska even more of a beast than it was before. Yeah, when I'm looking for a dishwasher, I'm like, hey, what's the offensive line into? <laughs> I told you this hey. last week. It's like, who is it? Kenmore? I mean, what am I supposed to buy here? Hey, hey, Let's call up the athletic department. Kenzie Knuckle, I'm buying yeah. a used car. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> hey, Nicklin Hames told me what debit card to get. So <laughs> I got that's a, where I'm I, banking. I got an 08 Malibu here. It's looking pretty good. What do you think? Uh, Tyler Hildebrand leaving. What's the impact? Huge. He's the volleyball whisperer. He really, all he does is win. I mean, 2017 national championship. This team, they're on the doorstep. COVID, that's a throwaway. Uh, so he's he's gonna he's the one guy who can bring Long Beach back to their former glory. But I'm a little surprised. I'm a lot surprised. I did not see this coming. I probably should have because he's you know if you're a Husker assistant, the second year you're gonna start getting opportunities and your alma mater. And he and his wife love Southern California. He's got that Southern California vibe. But you know he's got a brand new indoor golf. You know, situation I was so fired up for. I mean, come on. Yeah. But anyway, those things happen. A yeah. big loss. The players love him. It's, Always have. Because I, I think some of the assumption was he was just going to hang on with, with Cook until it was time, and he was kind of the heir, heir apparent. And I guess he still could be, but I, no, I don't no. know if that changes things. You never do know. Did you see the article in the morning? Yeah. Paper. Uh-huh. Coach is saying through 2024. Yeah. I love it. The Chattel article, yeah. He and Tom Brady. Just keep going. He's got a new. He's got the contract. So yeah, it's uh, well. And then you. And then you got. Uh, um, uh, I'm forgetting her name. Danny Busboom Kelly of Louisville. She's putting in her contract and out well, for Nebraska. That's intriguing. I think that's a message saying, "Hey, this job. When this job becomes available, you better come talk to me." That's the thing. I she's a stinking coach of the year. She's done it. I mean, yeah. like heck yeah. Uh, but would she want to give up? I mean, she, that. I mean, thing is, she'd have a shorter leash here. I mean, she's Danny Busboom. She'd be given kind of the Scott Frost, right. you know, um, uh, local, you know, star and legend made good uh, extra patience. But she's a legend at Louisville. And, and to step in after a legend here, that's not easy. Yeah. Those are big shoes. You you probably knew this, but I saw Cook uh, told Chattel that he interviewed for the AD job. I was surprised at how extensively he described that <laughs> in the article, yeah. Oh yeah, he. That was a very like, serious I, I just, conversations. I, like yeah, I just serious. What was that? Was that was that people telling him he should interview? Was he truly interested in it? Did he change his mind with all of that? I mean, he kind of made it sound in the article from Chattel's article like, hey, I had a lot of people sort of telling me to do this, and then he said, I'm glad I didn't get it. Just you know, a few months after this happened. Which we, is fascinating. We got a great guy now. I mean, you just listen to Trev on the air. Well, I think He's that's kind of what he handled. was saying too. Yeah, you, you feel that and, way, don't you? And I think what you said was true at the beginning and the end that a lot of people encourage coach to consider it, and he did. And I think he is genuinely grateful he did not get it. There you go. Maybe he could just be a consultant with some of the other teams in the off season. <laughs> I got a couple in mind. Uh, all right, and real quick, then the big looking at the Big Ten last, next year now. Wisconsin loses a bunch. I mean, the fixtures there, a few of them. Uh, let's oh, see, Wisconsin no more loses a ton. No more what? No more Samity at Minnesota. Is she she's done? Gone. She's done. To Penn State's all transferring. Yeah, true. Uh, great point. Who? I mean, Michigan State will be a little better. Michigan will probably be a little better. 
Iowa has to be better, but that's not a huge Don't story. Don't count out Rutgers. Rutgers has got to be better. They <laughs> They're going to go Eastern Europe. And gotta, uh, yes. Exactly. If you only have two syllables in your last name, you don't even get talked to there. <laughs> if you only have two vowels in your if, name. If English is your first or second oh language at Rutgers, you're I'm gonna, not. When I have you on next year coming into the year, you are going to have to calm me down with my high expectations. I can already tell you what August is going to be like with us <laughs> on Thursday mornings. I'm going to say things, and you're going to be like, Jack, it's early. It's too early to it's make these guys. Kind of grand pronunciations. You want to peak late in the year, and I'm going to be like, "Is an unbeaten first question August 13th unbeaten season on the table for you?" And you're going to freak out. You never want to peak in September. You ne- after every after every early season loss, you never want to peak in September. This is coaching 101. Man, after after doing this segment with you for a year and a half, I've got you down. I have got you down. The cadence. The whole deal. <laughs> exactly. I hear you guys imitate me now and then. Good for we, you. We do. We do. We're working That's on it. Fun. Hey, JB, I appreciate, appreciate you talking sure. with us this year. Th- glad that you're associated with our stations here uh, oh. with the call of the volleyball. And uh, Thank you. getting some other stuff here in 2022. Hey. A lot of there, other things There's other stuff. To. I've just oh, been in the got, volleyball bubble. Have you heard of Omicron? I'm fired up. I'm throwing an Omicron Christmas party. <laughs> It's the kind of thing where you get credit for throwing a party, but no one shows up. You don't have to do anything. It's like the best of all worlds. Uh, there Big you go. Omicron birthday party, Christmas party at my place. All right. There you go. So you heard it. 2022, late summer, JB will be calming me down while I make grand pronunciations about this volleyball program. Middle of March, you're going to be like, hey, I saw him playing on the sand. Bring on <laughs> they Brazil. Looked, they looked unstoppable. Bring, bring on Brazil. Right. When's the Olympics? 8.56. We got to go, JB. Have a good one. Merry Christmas. All right. Same to you guys, yeah. Jack. Attack. All right, you're listening to Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499 3 KLIN. Kay Foster. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499 3 KLIN. All right, 858, 25 degrees in the capital city. Well, as we had mentioned, I'm going to take a few days off. I'm going to be back here on Monday. Then Caleb will be gone. And then he'll then I'll then uh, he'll come back and I'll be gone. So, Caleb. And Mark's the last time we have the uh, the threesome together until oh about a week into twenty twenty two January sixth mark My that goodness. date January <laughs> what could what could be notable about that date uh, that's it hey uh, thank you so much everybody for joining us this year joining us today the year I'll talk to you again about the year next week uh, but a Merry Christmas a safe Christmas and uh, looking forward to talking to you guys coming up next week it is nine o'clock. On Lincoln's News and Talk, 1400 and 99.3, KLIN Lincoln.